Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting their own business as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, buddy. David, buddy. You know, we didn't have a podcast last week, so we I've didn't. been kind of itching. Like, yep. I, I missed it, and my, which is weird, because usually I'm like, man, I got to go podcast. Yeah. Just because it sneaks up on me, because I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, so do you. Yeah. But like, you miss one week, and you're like, man, I missed the podcast. We missed uh, two weeks. Well... One was intentional because that's true. We because did, we, Andrew Powell's episode went two weeks. Yeah, technically we did miss two. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But then like this last week when you were like, "Oh, I'm sick," I'm like, "Man, yeah, fuck." We thought we were gonna get one in the bank for while <clears> you <throat> and I were on vacation. Yeah, and that did didn't happen because I caught influenza B and I was sicker than I've ever been you're in still my life. Sick. I mean, no, my my voice still is not back did you to go, where it was. So we talked yesterday. Did you go today? No. No, you just no, thought you'd wake up and see what happened? Yeah, just kind of waiting to... Do you feel like you feel better than you did yeah. yesterday? Yeah. It, like on the phone yesterday, you sounded like shit. Yeah. Like I thought you were seriously sick again. I was yeah. like, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like I take don't... better care of yourself, Mr. Workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so has it been three weeks of not actually recording podcasts? Because Andrew Powell's went long, then you were sick, and then we had the vacation, the skiing. So that would be two weeks. Two weeks of not it, recording. It would be two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would have been two weeks. I yep. will say, like I haven't been on a good vacation in a while. Like we've been just kind of doing like a little thing here and there. It was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. I had a lot. You know, it's like we talked about it a little bit. When you don't do something that you love for a long time just because stuff gets in the way and then you do it, you're mm-hmm. like, man, mm-hmm. I really miss doing this. I loved it. It yeah. was great. So David and I last oh, week, great, man. we went skiing in Breckenridge, Colorado, his family and my family and then his brother and his brother's girlfriend. Yeah. They do our web for trade wins. Yep. So we took them. Yep. And uh, they were super grateful, by a, the way. Had a <laughs> badass ski in, ski out condo. And it's not like a lot, like a lot, a lot of the condos that claim ski in, ski out. Yeah, it's like not. hike in and hike out kind of thing. Yeah, not this one, baby. This, you could literally ski straight into the living room. Yeah, you could. You could. I, I seriously hit the glass barrier like twice yeah like like you have too many fireball shots and then you come back down the mountain and uh you're on the deck it's it's (laughs) you're taking a seat it was fun man yeah it was a great place i mean we're literally like 15 feet from the slope and yeah you ski off of it you grab your board when you want to go back out and you walk literally 10 steps yeah strap up and go strap up and go it was oh it was great i don't know you know we're doing um a trade winds retreat in Vegas yeah. at the end of February, right? Yep. Everyone's super pumped. It's going to be great. Dude, the ski and ski out might, like, that might be a good one. Yeah. I don't know if people would want to go. Like, I know a lot you'd of the guys You'd are, have to want to be a skier, right? Like, I don't know if yeah, they ski or not. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of, I think a lot of the guys are pretty athletic. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. It's one of those niche things. Like, you want them to go. You're like, come yep. on, let's get them. To, but it's like, how many of them can you convince to go? Right. But no, dude, I had a great time. My yeah. daughter had a great time. She snowboarded for the first time. 
She had all day ski school. I got tons of GoPro footage. Yeah. I went through it yesterday. Dave was a classic dad out there with his camcorder all day. All day, Filming man. his daughter. All yeah. day. All day. It, it wasn't, I mean, it was classic dad, but your kids were with me. Yeah. It was me, my mm. daughter, your two kids. Who knows where the fuck you were at? I was off on the double diamond blast. <laughs> you were, you're being the dad for all the kids. I was, yeah, yeah so Dan, yeah, dad. Danielle's was the designated mom. She was like making yeah, meals and took food mom. and everything. And then I was the dad on the slopes. I took the kids with me. I'm GoProing them. Had a great time. And it I was, went out to get milk. Yeah. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Never milk, came back. Milk and cigarettes. <laughs> You're like, well, guys, I'm going to the top. See I asked ya. your dad like three times, where's your dad? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. It's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. They all like, have life 360. They can, yeah. they can pin me wherever they yeah, need to. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But they had a, man, it was a great time. You know, like when you're younger, you don't realize that, uh, like when you think about it, you're like, Oh, I don't want to be taking kids out there. That's dumb. And then yeah. you get older and you're nostalgic and you're like, man, I'm going to be here for their, some of their cool moments. Yeah. You know, you're like the cool uncle. Yeah. They get, and so it's, it's different. You get a little older. You're like, man, like I had a lot of fun those two days that yeah. I was with them. Yeah. Like I peeled off the third day for a while, but like when I was with them, I mean, it was a great time. Yeah. I had a great freaking time with them. I was, was chatting awesome, with my mom dude. afterwards because, like, my parents always took us skiing when we were little, but they never did ski and ski out, right? Like, yeah, you they would the stay in the town 20 miles from the resort. That's your dad's a tight ass. Well, <laughs> or they just didn't have the money, right? Uh, yeah, uh, but, that's true. That's fair. But we were talking <laughs> with my, I was talking with my mom about, like, how appreciative I am that they did anything they could to make it at least happen. Even yeah. if it meant staying in town 20 miles away from the resort and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they at least made it happen. Yeah. So you had and those great memories, right? Yeah, created the memories, yeah, everything else. Memories. And then also created the desire for us to want to replicate those memories with our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, uh, you're right. 100%. So, and, and our, like, even though our resort was ski in, ski out, it wasn't fancy. It wasn't upscale. No, it was, it was just a, it was just a like very a, convenient... Yeah. Regular place to go. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens to be 15 feet from the slopes. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, even if I, this is weird to say, like if I ever became like super rich or whatever, and you know, you could do whatever, like that would still be a place. I'd be like, man, remember when we stayed there? Yeah. Maybe we should stay there again. Well, you and I talked about it. We need to put together a plan to buy that place. I told you to get on it. And then Airbnb it out. I told you to get on it. I and don't then know. We could go out there two or three times a year at no charge because the I, Airbnb fees are covering it. <laughs> I've been I've been saving real estate money for like a year and a half now. Okay, yep. I am. Let's let's do it. Like, Whenever you ski out, does it mean you're skiing out? You go up and the down, or is no, it you like just walk? Top? So you walk out the door and you walk up an incline. No one can see unless you're on YouTube. It's like this, like 15 feet, and mm. then you put your board on or your skis and you ski down uh, to okay. the lift. You and ski the lift, down to the lift, and the and lift then... goes up past your room. And then when you ski down, you literally have enough momentum to just ski. To the uh, door. So you're like kind of not, you're like 80% up the hill or halfway? No, it's at the no, very no, it's, bottom. It's at the bottom of the hill. You're, okay. you're up the hill Keep like. In mind, these hills are. Yeah. 100 yards. These hills the hill, are 2,000 feet long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they take that run. Some of those runs, I think the longest run on that, like if you're doing it average, is still 15 minutes. Whenever you're yeah. first talking about, I thought you meant like you start at the top and you ski out. I'm like, man, imagine like wake up in the middle of the night and like going for the, <laughs> you don't turn any lights on and you go out, not realizing and you're no. going down like 2,000 <laughs> no, no, no. feet. It's like a, it's like yeah. a sliding glass door. Yeah. And you step out that sliding glass door and you walk right to the slope. Yeah. yeah. So you go down to the little, the lift and it takes, then it takes you up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it was fun. I yeah. had a great time. 
It was good stuff. It was great. I haven't been on a vacation. I said this earlier. I haven't been on a real vacation in a while. Yeah. Because we've just been had a lot going Dude, on. It was fun. We mandated it two a year. We're actually in violation of our own rule right now. Um, we take two family vacations a year. One is a ski trip. One is a week-long summer vacation. And our rule is we do not come home from a vacation unless we have the next one planned. In other words, we always have another vacation to look forward to, right? Gotcha. Well, <clears throat> we don't have our next one planned yet. You got plenty of time, though. I know, but I did, the, the plan was to take our boys to Hawaii this summer. And <sighs> now Danielle's starting to get cold feet about Hawaii because she doesn't like the full day of travel it takes to get I out mean, there. I mean, Hawaii's cool, but Florida and Mexico are just as good. Yeah, but I, I want to surf. And you can't You can su- surf in California. It's California. Yeah, I know. I hate <laughs> <too>. <laughs> I'd rather I, fly to Hawaii. Yeah, you. you I know, mean, Hawaii you know is probably dream, cheaper than California. You know, what my, like one of my dream vacations is is to go to Australia yeah. and surf in the North Shore. Like that would be cool. Yeah, and scuba dive and all that. I I haven't told you this. I actually rented a house um, uh, where Shelby lives down mm-hmm. in Bradenton. Mm-hmm. It's Anna Maria Island. I l- rented a house for our family. Yeah, in ju- the end of June. Yeah, I rented it for a week. We're taking like the whole family. Like my dad, my brother, um, my sister that lives in North Carolina, we're inviting it. Like we're everybody. Like the house was like fifteen thousand bucks for a week. Yeah. So I was, you know, I got it for Janine for Christmas because Layla's been wanting to go to Florida. But then I was like, hey, look, I'm canceling this if we can't get like other people to pitch in. I'm right. not, I'm not paying fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. For this house, you get them to collect it. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I'll probably it'll be cheap for them. Like yeah. I don't I don't mind eating ten. But 15, right? that's hard to swallow. Well, and that's, I, so, but, I was talking you, with a travel agent about like Hawaii. Oh yeah, and you're, you're family, spending 25, bro. Family of four to go to Hawaii and do yeah. all the things is like 20 grand. Yeah, you're spending 25, yeah. easy. You're spending 25,000 bucks when yeah, you go. You can go out there on a budget for about 12 grand. But this sucks. And do nothing. Yeah. Like eat you can fly sit on, out there you can and sit, sit on, on the beach. You can sit on the beach in Texas for 500. <laughs> like, would you know what I mean? Yeah. And not have to travel. Yeah. So, but to be able to tour like where the Jurassic Park was filmed and all those waterfalls and all the rainforests and everything else. Yeah. Like, you want to go to Pearl Harbor. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You oh, want to do the, like, that's where you, you've been to Hawaii. Yeah. Danielle and I went just the two of us about 10 or 12 years ago. Oh, that's right. Dude, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I've been to Pearl Harbor. I, I've been yeah. to all that. Like, like, when you go, though, that's what you want to take. That's why I want to take the you, boys back. You want to take a helicopter tour. Yeah. You want to go to the islands that are volcanic. Yeah. You want to go to Pearl. Like, you want to do all that stuff. Yeah. So you just have to be like, I'm just going to spend the money. Right. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. So, but I'm. I'm on you. So, like, we hadn't been taking vacations. Now it's like we're going to try to take a couple every year. Yeah. So, we need to. I know. Like, you know, we talk about it in Trade Winds, and I've talked to some of the guys about this before. Like, the reason you're working really hard when you're really young is so that when you get to be our age, like, you can do that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that there is a reason for you to work that hard yeah. so that you can enjoy life and have retirement and do, you know, do all that stuff. But you got to, you got to put in that work first. I had somebody know? trying to give me some shit because I was tra- like, I travel a lot, right? Yeah. Now, most of it's business related travel, but I still travel a lot. And, and that's not really a vacation. No. Like it's work. No. Like to yeah. go on a three day trip. It's when like, I, when you get back, you're like, man, I'm exhausted. When I go to Apex down in Dallas and stuff like that, like I come home more tired than when I left because I am like on. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. My brain on. is on for like three straight days. Right. Yeah. Well, um, these were some guys with the program that we do, the sump pump program. And they were asking if I could be part of this other deal. Um, 
this like meeting of the minds kind of thing. And I said, no, I'm going to be out of town. And they're like, man, you're always traveling. And I'm like, yeah, I don't work this hard to act broke. Like I don't work this hard to, <laughs> to have to stay broke. in Kansas city. I like that. Like I to work this hard broke. so I can enjoy shit, you know? Yeah. I live in Kansas city cause it's cheap. Yeah. And it's that's, easy to make money. <laughs> that's like if you drive a nice car and people try to give you shit for it. It's like, dude, I don't work this hard to drive a piece of shit. You know, like, yeah, I, I want a nice car. I work for it. I've earned it. Yeah. I've, you know, it, I just, well, like we're not going to talk about haters right now, but they're ever like, so when I, t- this summer, when I would take the Camaro out, like yeah. it's nice, it gets, yeah. draws a lot of attention and you get the must be nice a oh, yeah. lot. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, do you understand how many ditches I had to dig and how many hours of tool belt wearing I had to do? Yep. Uh, like just to get, just to get this, it's yeah. not a Ferrari. Yeah. Like, you know how much I had to do while you're sitting there at, at you know, McDonald's flipping, like, yeah. dude, fuck off. Choosing to not do anything with your life. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how hard I had to work just to get this piece of metal that in all reality is worth nothing yeah. if the world, like, like it doesn't just, I didn't shit it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. In, anytime but anybody tells me man. it must be nice, they're I tell everywhere. them damn straight. It is. Yeah. It is That's absolutely kind of my new very thing. nice. I don't really say that. I just kind of put the finger up and yeah. I'm like, yeah. What's up? You know, and give him a little head shake. So (laughs) my financial coach has a Ferrari and he... I'm still looking for that F430, man. He took it to uh, the drop-off line at school and had to walk his daughter into school. And he's coming out and there's an old guy standing behind his car just shaking his head. And Keith is like, you know, everything okay? And the guy looks at Keith and Keith's the younger guy. He's, He's a big guy. He's got a beard. And he's got gray in his beard, but he's still, he's not like a, he's not in his fifties and sixties. That's why I keep my hair long. He's like, late, my grays. <laughs> he's in his like late thirties, early forties. Okay. Okay. Got it. I um, like it. I'd like to meet so him sometime. The guy, oh, you will. The guy, you know, is like standing there shaking his head and Keith is like, you know, is everything okay? And the guy's like, must be nice growing up with that silver spoon in your mouth. I had to pull the spoon out and fucking stuck that guy on his Keith, eye. Keith said, you need to learn some fucking manners, is what he told him. He was like, there is no silver spoon. My parents were broke as a joke. Yeah. I earned this myself. And then gave him the finger. And then he just gets in his Ferrari and drives away. Now, who's leaving that interaction smiling? He is. The yeah. guy in the Ferrari. Yeah. Right? So, like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the guy hating on the dude who's yeah. put in the hard work and seen the success? Or do you want to be the guy driving the Ferrari away from the dude who doesn't even know what kind of work it took to get it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, we've kind of talked about this before. Um, like just breaking down, like where I'm at, where you're at, you know, I've always said, you know, Mitch's drive now is way stronger than mine is right now. Right. You know what I mean? And so, and, and Mitch is going to pass me and I know it. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. But that doesn't mean I got to be a hater. No. I got to applaud as the guy goes by like, hey, dude. Yeah. Like there is room for everyone to be successful. And the thing about that is it's totally up to you. Like we've... uh, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse. This America, you can be as successful as you want. Yeah. Get off your ass. There's nothing holding you back. Yeah. Like, I worked really hard in my 20s and early 30s so yeah. that when I got to here, I could be like, eh, 
I get to kind of do what I want a little bit and I don't have to try to kill myself yeah. because I already did that. Yeah. You know, and does that mean that people are going to pass me? Yeah. Am I okay with that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to hate, like when we go to the events and there's even people in the group I know that probably make more, more money than I do. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. No. Good for you guys. Yeah. Get the fuck after it. Like they have a saying for that. It's that pleasure provides, uh, uh-oh. pleasure makes today <laughs> great and tomorrow hard. Discipline makes today hard and tomorrow easy. Yes. A hundred percent agree with that. So you never were, heard that you were disciplined. Yeah. As a young person. Exactly. Saved your money, put it away, stock markets and everything else. Yeah. And don't, now don't be bitter when you're you old. don't have to bust your ass. Yeah. Like, right? it, like, like, you know, the other devil's advocate to that would be like, if I wanted to keep burning that hard, I mean, I could. Yeah. Right. But it's like, man, I only have so much energy. Right. You know well, what and, I mean? And that's just, one of the, that's one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs and business owners face yeah, is they've convinced out, themselves that business ownership is hard. And so they, they keep, there's one thing about choosing the hard path versus ignoring efficiencies and ignoring the easier path. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So there are, there are business owners. There's one that I'm thinking of very specifically that chooses the hard path and chooses not to grow. And he will forever be stuck as an employee in his own business because he refuses to put foundations in place so that his business can grow around him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People have a really hard time letting go and letting that thing grow. Yeah. Which is, it's weird that you bring that up because isn't one of the speakers at the event you're yeah, going to be kind of talking about like, hey, get the, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. And you let that are thing your go. biggest limiting belief. Yeah. And as soon as you realize all the areas where your limiting beliefs are holding you back, then as, as soon as you realize that, then you can shut those voices off in your head and literally sky is the limit. Like there is nobody <clears throat> in Tradewinds right now that couldn't double their company in the next year. Yeah. They've convinced themselves it's not possible myself included, right? I'm a member of Tradewinds, myself included, that we convince ourselves it's not possible. And in the moment we convince ourselves it's not possible, it'll never happen, right? Right. Or or we don't yet know how to solve that problem, so it'll never happen. Yeah, it's limiting beliefs. Right. That's what it is. But meanwhile, there's plenty of other people out there that are doubling their business every year, five years in a row. Yeah. And they just have different limiting beliefs than you and I do. Yeah. Well, so. and there's, and I don't want to get a thing. We're going to move on. But like, like you know, people have different um, levels of risk that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that kind of limits what their growth can be. Um, Your and, growth will be limited to the amount of financial pain you can withstand. Yes. So. Yes. Like, and I'm, and that being said, like, I don't like. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Like I had to work really, really hard to get where I'm at right. or where we're at is what I should say. So my level of risk comfort is lower because I remember what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people, they have no risk. Le- they Like it doesn't bother them at all. And right. so they can literally risk everything that they worked for for 10 years and double up. Well, and you see that a lot amongst people that have been to prison. They've seen yes. how bad it is. Yes. They've yes. seen what rock bottom looks like. They know it rock bottom didn't kill them. 
And here they are three years from prison, five years from prison. Yeah. And now they're millionaires or close. Right. And people from the outside looking in will assume that because they've been to prison in their past, then they got to be a millionaire by being a crook somehow or something like that. And that's usually not the case. But um, um, in other words, those people have seen rock bottom. They lived through it. It wasn't that bad. And so they know what rock bottom feels like. And it's like, I'm yeah, I've been I'll, go, there. I'll go back if I have to been there. Done I'm that. willing to risk it. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, you get the, the guys who grew up in a middle-class house that didn't <clears throat> have to worry about where their meals came from. Their parents are still together They're They never had addiction issues. They never had infidelity issues. They never had any problems in life. They've never seen rock bottom. Yeah. So they allow their fear of what rock bottom might be to prevent them from taking it's risks. It's weird you say that. How do you co- overcome that, Mitch? That's your life. That is my life. That right? is your life. I mean, I'm it's, not I'm not busting your balls here. Like, no. like, how do you... I've brought that up in my circles before of like, how does the middle class guy find the motivation? Yeah. Doesn't have the drug habit, doesn't have the infidelity, yeah. doesn't have the divorce, doesn't have the prison. Does he need his podcast partner to beat his ass? <laughs> like, just, you're like, right. like, literally, how do you... Well, like, that's interesting. That's an interesting... Ultimately, the theory. answer is study enough about other people. Like, I don't need to go to prison to see what rock bottom is. I can go hang out with a guy who's been to prison and vividly feel what rock bottom you, was like for him and realize, okay, if he got back from that, I can too. Do you, um, we were like totally off topic. Do you, like, I feel empathy very strong. Like when people are upset, mm-hmm. I like, I can feel it. It like, it upsets me. So when you are studying those things, do you think that you really feel empathy about where they're at? Or do you mentally try to put, just put yourself in their place? That's what, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't feel empathy for them. Like I don't need to feel empathy for them. Well, like, they've, they've overcome their I, struggle. I, I, and I don't all mean that. feel empathy. Like you feel bad for them. Empathy is like being able to put yourself in their place Yeah. yeah. and then feel their pain. Yeah. And that's what it is, is basically trying to, like, I don't need to go to prison to feel what prison would feel like. I can just talk to people that have been to prison. Yeah. Right. And try to really actually understand, like, you could never, like, I don't want to say that you could, by talking to someone, really know what prison's like, but you can feel it enough to know that, oh, shit, that's fucking legit. You know what I mean? Right. And ultimately, you study that enough and you start to realize, like, nothing's killed me yet. And I've got a pretty good track record of calculating risk and not calculating it to avoid it, but calculating it to take it and not let it sink the ship. Right. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, let's try something at riskier. Like nothing's killed me yet. Yeah. And every time I put myself against a challenge, I either come out flush or up. So let's try bigger challenges. Yeah. Because bigger challenges will still equal flush or up, only bigger on the upside. Yeah. And it's, it still has to do with like your level of comfort with risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you've, re- you've literally, like you can look around and go, well, it didn't really take that much to get here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And that's, I, and that's why I, I say- I could probably get that back. Yeah, you know what I mean? Your level of success is directly proportionate to the amount of financial pain you're willing to withstand. Yeah. Like for me, it's weird. Some like, guys risking $5 is painful. Yeah. They will never be successful. Yeah. You you go risk a hundred grand calculated. I'm not saying go put it all on black or red or green, 
I'm saying going to Vegas. In a few you make a hundred thousand dollar investment into your company for a specific purpose. You've calculated the variables. You yeah, you yeah, recognize yeah. where the hazards are. Yeah, you're going to be rewarded for that. Most people would never dream of putting a hundred grand of their own money into their own company. Yeah, I've put seventy grand of my own money into my company at times over the last three years. Yeah, there's just been times where it's like the business needs money, so I dump cash in. And there was one time where the business needed money like twice in a row. And so I dumped in. in I don't mean to laugh at you. It just right. like, it well, just, it's comical. One of the, it, I mean, it's real is what it is. One of the things that people don't realize is if you think living paycheck to paycheck is bad, try living payroll to payroll. Yeah. As a business owner, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Business owners are writing yeah, you know, I, I, I know insane amounts of payroll money. It, uh, and like, so it, it drives me insane. Like people just don't understand the stress that can be involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it, like, I don't know if you remember this, like it wasn't a big deal or anything. Remember when Dick Vermeil was the chief's coach? Mm -hmm. Like he came out after losing. He was like, you guys just don't understand the stress of being a head coach. Yeah. And he had this, an excuse for everything. At, at, at this point, my dad and stepmom had opened their business. Like, yep. And my dad looked at me and he was like, this guy is a jackass. Yeah. He's like, he's worth millions and millions of dollars. If they fail, he doesn't lose any. Yeah. He's not a business owner. Like he does, he has lost his grip on reality. Yeah. Like people that, that literally, like there's guys in trade wins that are like, yeah, I dumped 50K in. I dumped 30K in. I dumped 70K in. I dumped 100K in of their own money that they've already paid taxes on. Yeah. Like literally wrote checks. Yep. Like that is a whole nother level of stress. Mm -hmm. Like it just is. Like that's that's one of the things that I have trouble dealing with. I shouldn't say I have trouble dealing with. Like when we make investments um, and we um, try to grow a couple of the businesses that we have, like it pains me dearly to write checks. I hate yeah. it. Like I have the money and I hate it yeah. because it took me so long. It took me 22 years to get there. Right. But I still do it because I know if I don't, then later I'm going to be like, oh man, wish well, I, go stagnant. I wish I had done that. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And so like, there's, there's a difference between not being able to do it and just making yourself do it. Yeah. Like no one wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Lots of people are crazy and they'll do it. They'll be like, oh, 50K, who cares? Yeah. But like, it pains me when I write checks. I'm right. like, oh man, fuck. You know? Yeah, it's it's a it's trouble. It's you know, it's business ownership with. is not for everybody. It's like, not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. The world needs fry cooks, right? The world needs employees. And so the last thing I want is for listeners to this show to go out and create a stupid decision by starting a business when they don't have any business owning a business, right? Um, if you can't talk to if you can't talk to people and communicate at an effective level, you don't need to own a business. Um, if you can't manage your bank account when it's got two thousand dollars in it, you'll never be able to manage a business bank account when it's got two hundred grand in it. So you don't need to be owning a business if you can't manage two thousand dollars, right? No, you shouldn't. Right? It, <laughs> like you just shouldn't. like. There's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't own a business, and you need to recognize those because you might get yourself into trouble. Yeah, I you mean, I, <laughs> business ownership has more to do with marketing and branding than it does doing the task. 
uh, there's a great book that describes this. It's called The E-Myth. And they use somebody, they use a narrative of like somebody baking a cake. You could be the best cake baker in the world, but if you can't communicate with people and you aren't smart with money, you have no business starting your own bakery, right? Yeah. It, but if you can do good at baking cakes and you know how to talk to people and you're smart with money and everything else and you have the extra bandwidth, then maybe business ownership is for you. And what's funny is on the extreme side of things, let's say you're really good at talking to people and you're really good at managing money, but you have no clue how to bake a cake. You hire someone. That can you can still cake. open a bakery and yeah. hire somebody to bake the cake. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you just have to have passion. Like right. if you have passion to do that, but can be out of the baking, yeah. you can still make it work. You can make it happen. And baking is just, it, it, it could be anything. That's the, that's the biggest crossover problem that you see in the trades is you get guys that are really good tradesmen, but they would never make a good businessman. And, and well, yeah, you're and, right. Uh, you're hundred percent right. That's like the guys that are in trade wins, not all of them, but some of them like literally have no clue. Yeah. Like, and, but they are not going to work out. I right. mean, they're literally, they're not going to work out and making so much money that it's, it's unreal. And they don't even, they don't even care because <laughs> they just love doing the work so much. And they're yeah. like, I, I get out there and I work and I do this and I do, but I don't know how to grow my business. Yeah. I don't That's know how why. to grow my business. Well, what did you do last year? We did about a million in revenue. Yeah, and you're I like, think you're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not doing, doing bad. No, you're doing great. Like yeah. if you just had a little bit of guidance and then, you know, they, if they just, some of them now, I don't want to get into a big thing here. Some of them will take that guidance and they're just like, oh shit, boom. It's like a light switch comes on right. and they take off and they're like, like three, like three months later, hey, I'm up to four guys. Yeah. Dude, when you started, you had one. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, you've been a member of Tradewinds for like, five months and like you've now quadrupled the size of your company. Like literally the light switch came on and then you got other guys that have been there six months and they're still in the exact same spot. Yeah. And well, you're and, like, and, and some of that. It's comfort factor a lot. Well, some of that is cyclical too. Like, like we, yeah, it is. we invested a ton of work into our company last year, but we only grew the top line number by about $250,000 in annual revenue. However, last year was, but those roots got put down, right? Last year you know, was a construction a year yeah, and we were putting the framework in place to where this year we can realistically grow by 33 to 100% on top line numbers this year alone. You mean 24? For this, 24. This next year. Yeah, okay. for 24. Yeah. So Sorry, just trying to follow you. You know, um, business growth does not, it's not, it's never linear. No. You're, you, it's like the stock market. Nothing is ever a perfect arrow. Yeah. Like it just, it, it, it's impossible. You're going to have yeah. ups and downs. It just is what it you're, is. You're going to have some months where you're up. You're going to have some months you're down. You're going to have some years you're up. You're going to have some years you're down. But over the course of time, you need to be moving in an upward direction. Yeah, the parity of life is really, I mean, yeah. it's just, that's real life, the stock market, business growth, everything is the same. Right. It is just ups and downs. What separates the men from the boys is your ability to stick with it. Right. Like that's what separates winners from losers. It's yeah. just, no matter what, I'm going to keep after it. And after five years, I'm going to turn around and go, oh shit. Right. Look where I'm at now. Yeah. And, and half of the time, during that five years, you were probably like, oh, shit, yeah. what am I doing? You know, most, most everybody can look back five years. You got to stomach it. And, like, you just got to stomach it. Most people can look back five years and realize they're living a life today that they dreamed about five years ago. Most people can. Yeah. And it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. we underestimate, we, we overestimate what we can do in a year. We underestimate what we can do in 10. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And so yeah, hundred percent. We look at we look out five or ten years, and we're like, man, it would be nice to, you know, like for me, I'll just be transparent. For me, five years from now, man, it would be nice to have a ten million dollar company. Well, that's realistic. Shit, we could have a thirty million dollar company in ten yeah. years. You could, you know what I mean? Like, like we way underestimate what we could do in ten years. Yeah, so, we do, and and it's because we don't really understand the growth curve. Like yeah. this is a whole like this is a book that I read. A, uh, a couple years ago, like we don't realize how, when we're moving forward and we're moving up exponentially, mm-hmm. that that trend continues to compound over itself. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you just like, it starts out at one and then you get to five. Well, the, the multiplier from one to five is the same as from like five to 25. Right. You know what I mean? And you just don't realize it. But if you keep your nose down and you just hit that grindstone real hard, next thing you know, you're way past where you thought you could be, just like you were saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does yep. that make sense? No, yeah, totally. I should give totally. it. I'll look that book up. You'd like it. It was really good. I'll read it. You know, we're uh, 30 minutes in and we haven't talked about anything we said we were going to talk about. Well, we haven't even ta- we haven't even discussed <laughs> what we're going to talk about. So yeah. first thing we're going to talk about <laughs> is knowing your customer base. Um, and so this is a little bit of a story, but it's more than a little bit, um, over a year ago, really about a year and a half to maybe 18, 18 to 24 months ago. Um, I had a company, so we bought an all electric Ford transit for our plumbing company. And do you still have that? Yeah. Who drives it? Our installers. The installer crew? Every day. Okay. You plug it in at the shop? Yep. Okay. So we bought this all electric Ford Transit, and it was right about the time that we were starting a YouTube channel. Ironically, the day after we bought it was Austin's first day. Um, And so (laughs) we we were starting this YouTube channel. We were looking to create videos that would gain some traction. We were one of the first people in the nation to receive an all electric Ford Transit. And so we were like, hey, this will be a great kickoff to our YouTube channel. People have tons of questions about these. There's not very much information about them out there. Yeah. So let's make videos, right? Yeah, I remember that. So we made, I don't know, 10 or 15 YouTube videos about this all-electric Ford Transit. Some of them were shit. A lot of them were really good. And yeah, our videos were the most viewed American... They still are the most viewed American videos on the Ford Transit, the E-Transit. And so um, our YouTube channel started growing and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, then one day we get a call from an executive at Ford. They call our business phone. My wife answers it. And she's like, hey, I think you need to call this person back. Uh, I don't want to jump your story, but didn't you, they end up interviewing you? Yeah. And put them in a deal? Well, okay, yeah, yeah. No, they they said, hey, we're in town right now. We're visiting the Claycomo oh, okay, that's plant. Right, that's we, right. We live very close to where the all-electric transits are made. Yes. And and they said, we're, we're visiting the Claycomo plant, and we've seen your YouTube videos. What are you guys doing for lunch? And so Austin Eat, and I eating free steak and beer. That's yeah. what I'm doing for lunch. <laughs> we we wrapped up the call we were on, and then we cleared our schedule and made it happen to where we could go meet with these five Ford executives. Always say yes. Yeah. And so um, we meet with them. They would not allow us to film the meeting, but in the meeting they mentioned quite a few really positive things. They mentioned that our videos have sold more Ford E Transits than any Ford salesman in the nation. And then they mentioned that they wanted to partner up with us and uh, we could become a brand ambassador for Ford. Yep. I and remember that. So 
ultimately, nothing really ever came from that. And this is no fault of Ford or us or anything else. Basically, Ford's a big, giant corporate company, and they wanted to script our videos. And you and, were like, no. And our videos were successful because we aren't bought. We aren't. Our opinions aren't paid for. People like, want to. People want to see truth. They yeah. don't want to see polished commercials. Yeah. And they wanted to give you a polished commercial. Well, Is they want to taken from that. It, ultimately, like the agreement we came to, and it never really happened, was like, if you guys want to provide us opportunities for content, but we still get our control and say in what happens in the video, we're okay with that. But yeah. we aren't going to have you guys like write the video script for us, and we're we're speaking your words. Right. Gotcha. We wanted to remain authentic. And and so nothing really came from that. But I still maintained yeah. those relationships with those executives. And next thing I know, a couple of months later, we get a contact from a company called Visor. And Visor was an emerging company. They at the time they contacted me, they had no clients. They barely had a product out. They were that new. And um they were looking to create off of Ford's powerhouse. They were looking to create a home service business software. Like a field pulse. Like a field pulse. Or a house call or pro. Or a house call pro. Or service or fusion or Titan or anything. Yep. Any of them. And so they were looking <laughs> to create this software. And um, keep in mind, all of this happened because Visor was being created through a company called Salesforce. Salesforce is owned by Ford Motor Company. Salesforce is the CRM that most dealerships use to track all their customers. It's their CRM. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, Ford, who creates Salesforce, decides, hey, we need a home service software, so let's create one called Visor. Well, because we already had this relationship with Ford, and we had the e-transit and all of this stuff, Yeah, Ford talks to Salesforce, who talks to Visor, and says, you guys need to call this Smedley guy, right? So mm, now that's we... Mr. Smedley, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we go into these in-deep talks with Visor. Um, Visor flew their entire company out to the Kansas City area, and they followed us around for a couple of days. We filmed a couple of TV commercials. Um, our company was the face of Visor. Yeah, um, which barely existed. Which barely existed. At the time. At the time, right. Yeah. Um, and then they they wanted to talk sponsorship. They wanted to sponsor our podcast. They wanted to sponsor our YouTube channel. They wanted to sponsor yep. Trade Wins and all this stuff, right? And, um, and it, it, like at this time... We have a contract with field pools, sort of. Sort of. We had we like had a it, we had an agreement kind of in the works with field pools, yeah. right? So we're and, and, we're bouncing. We're and, like, what do we do? Yeah. In other words, we have two companies that are wanting to sponsor the show. Both of them are software companies, and both of them want exclusivity in their agreement to where they are the only software company, right? Yeah. And so. Early on in the conversations with Visor, they were like, we didn't know you had a podcast. It's not on your website. And I said, yeah, I keep the podcast off our business website because sometimes we have to talk about divisive issues on the podcast and I don't want to polarize our customer base. And so yeah. I keep them separate, right? I yeah, told which them- is, that, Which is 100% what you should, should yeah, have been doing. Yeah, I was transparent with it. Yeah. And, and You told them the truth, I told them you're that, doing the right thing. That was within the first two or three conversations. Yeah. Okay. Three months goes by. So three <laughs> or four months goes by. We're still in talks with them. They finally send over a first rough draft of a contract. The contract had no money on it. Nothing. It was just, let's, Nothing. let's talk about contract structure, and then we'll talk price, right? Yeah. However- I can say this with confidence. This contract would have been a six-figure contract. 
with the amount of what they were, they were wanting to sponsor our podcast, our YouTube channel. They were wanting the, the, my plumbing company to be the face of their company. And they were wanting to sponsor trade wins. Yeah. You're not going to sponsor four different endeavors yeah. for under a hundred grand a year. I, I, I would say I, like my initial guess when we talked about it, I was thinking like 80. Yeah. I was like, man, this is probably gonna be 80. So we had some serious talks about it. Like, Hey, yeah. What do we do? Like this was serious conversations, like, right? Like, what are we doing? So, so then after they send over this rough draft of the contract, David and I are checking it out. And finally they decided to listen to one episode of the podcast. Four months, four later. months later. And the episode <laughs> happened to be one where we were talking about some bullshit, crazy political stuff that was going on out in California. And I oh, can, yeah. I can very live, uh, vividly remember, <laughs> you know, as, as anytime we get political, I, I don't remain neutral, but I, I can, I remain in a position where I can kind of see both sides. But well, look, let but me, you, let, let me, let me clarify. You are very good at dodging what you actually believe. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm very, very good, good about at, staying open to see both sides it, and then formulate an opinion. Let's be honest. I am too. But then when I formulate that opinion, you're going to fucking hear about it. Yeah. Like I don't, the one thing I hate more in life than anything else is people that are wishy-washy mm -hmm. and then try to ride the fence mm -hmm. and don't give a definite answer of where they stand. Right. Oh, I like to refer to that as quote unquote, chicken shit behavior yeah because it is like i don't that being said people that don't agree with me politically or whatever like i don't cancel them quote unquote right i don't try to like burn their house to the ground right i say okay that's fine and then i will like i will i'm friends with tons of gay people it don't bother me i don't care right like it, it doesn't mean that I devalue you as a person right. because I disagree with you. Right. The problem is with these people is if you didn't agree with them, they devalued you and were like, nope, sorry, I can't handle that. Well, we're so, not doing that. You know what I mean? So they listened to one episode of the podcast and we were talking about Chicken some shoots. bullshit political stuff that was happening in California. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Dave, in somewhere in that podcast, Dave said something about the libtards out in California. <laughs> And or yeah. or the fucking liberals or the extreme the ex yeah. extreme left or I, I can't remember what it was. It was probably libtards. Right? Yeah. I so, stand behind that statement, whatever oh, right. it was. Right, right, right. So then I literally the day down. the day after they send over their rough draft of the contract, I get a call from one of the executives. And he was like, Hey, we're gonna have to resend that contract. Um we've checked out the podcast. Four months later. Four months later. By the way. After hey, we've sent over the contract. Hey, hey, yeah, good job doing your due diligence they said, as a business owner. Yeah, they said, we've, we've checked out the podcast and we cannot align ourselves with the opinions. And, and then the, here's the funny part. They specifically said, it's not you, <laughs> it's your co-host. And so they were literally trying to drive a wedge between David and I. They were trying to... Which is they were trying to create a scenario where it's like if you fire your co-host, then we can talk. Yeah, Mitch. They, they never said that, but they were thinking. But it. they were thinking they were trying to create that that vision. They well, were that, trying to paint yeah. that picture, and so we were like, "Well, then I guess it's off, right?" Mm. Because I, obviously, I'm not going to waver on David as the co-host, and there's no amount of money that would change that. And so it's like, okay, 
that deal's off the table, right? right. And and ultimately, like nothing bad happened. Visor, they're they're not bad people. Visor's controlled by Salesforce, which is controlled by Ford. Ford has their brand they have to look out for. Of course. You know, all like of course. It's big business. It's big corporate business, and some deals work out and some deals don't, right? Right. And so I will <clears throat> like you you ahead. did it great. So the I emailed you, them. You did sent you, an email. I, I was looking for it. I can't find yeah. it. I don't remember if it was through my trade wins or if it was through you, Yahoo. Yeah. I you can't sent, remember. You sent an email back to them that says, obviously, like... Oh, let, let, let me say what it was. Yeah. So I, I, I sent them an email that basically said, hey, I'm sorry to see that the deal fell through. Um, I know that working with people that are not like-minded is difficult. And I said, you know, we were willing to do that. We knew that you guys were more of a left-leaning corporation. Yep. And we were fine with setting aside those differences and working together. Right. And I said, you know, as what you're trying to do now, getting into the trades with this type of software, software you will be dealing with conservatives. Like, yeah. that is what this industry is about. They're hardworking right-leaning Americans. That's just what it takes to be that type of person, to be right. in that industry. And I said, we were looking to look past that. We didn't care. We yeah. don't, we, we don't care that th that's your belief system. We were more than happy to work together. Right. And I said, if you're not willing to look past that, you're not going to make it is basically what I said. Right. Like there is no way you're going to make it because that is 80% of your target audience. Like that is what I said in the email. I said, if you change your mind, we are more than happy to work together. Yep. Basically is what, is what my email said. Yep. And what happened, Mitch? They so, folded like a fucking tin can on November 2nd. <laughs> because on, they weren't, let's be honest. They probably weren't willing. Well, on I, I should say that. I don't know. If you Google Visor, V-I-I-Z-R, the top two articles, Ford Shutter's company building an app for plumbers, electricians, and other trades. Yeah. Very next thing down, FordAuthority.com. Ford shuts down software company Visor amid app pivot, right? Yeah. Now, you're you're always going to have posturing and, and uh, story titles that seem to, you know... Anytime you're writing a story, the title can say one thing, but the story says something completely different. Yeah, I hate um, that too. It drives me insane. Right, right. Stop. So, so you're always going to have funny posturing there. However, we can't ignore the fact that Visor was not willing to get past the fact that their ideal customer does not align with their political values. And now Visor is no longer in existence. And so the lesson here for all trades-based business owners is, let's say you're a right-leaning conservative and you yeah. get a service call at a house that has a Biden sign out front. Or two gay guys live there. Or they have a hate has no home here sign out front. Don't right? be divisive. Get over it. Do your job. That's, there's still people, there's still your customers, they're still yeah. wanting to support your business yeah. You can't only align yourself with customers who think the way you do. Like, it drives me, like, this is a little off topic, but it's not. 
we all want to get together and be on the same page in America. If you can't do it on the basis level of running service calls, we're never going to get there. Right. So like most of the people that listen to this are right. And it's dude, get your head out of your ass. If you go to a call and there's a Biden flag, Run the call. Be professional. Right. Okay? You're not going to treat them them, any different. You're not going to give them any different level of service. Yeah, wear a Trump hat, but give them the best (laughs) service that you can give and 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 make that bridge. Yeah. Like, if we can't get together, it's not going to happen. Right. Like, it... It's just not going to fucking happen. I saw, I've seen several posts of this today. I've been where, trying not to say fuck. I say like fuck it yeah. 18 fucking times on this fucking show. I, Sorry, grandma. I've seen several <laughs> posts lately where plumbers are going on like national plumbing groups and they're posting pictures of like hating on their own customers. Like yeah. I'm working in a $25 million house and the customer hands me a price fister faucet to install. And it's like, dude, what the fuck does it matter? Install it and get your fucking check. Right. Like, oh, you don't move on. You don't charge any different if he gives you a Kohler faucet or a Price Fister. No, you're making so the same money, bro. Why do you care how they spend their money? Yeah. Right? People get people get too wrapped up in the the ifs, ands, and whats of everything. Like, yeah. stop. Yeah. Stop. Your job, your number one job is to grow that company. Get employees, pay those employees, and be part of the wheel that's moving forward. Right. That's your number one job. That's it. Okay? Set your other shit aside. Yeah. Like, save that shit for the weekends. Yep. When you're wearing your white hat. Like, dude, let it go. I had another one where um, this, this, ironically, both of these happened today. Come on. There's another one where the guy, like, posts a picture of his work order. And the work order says the customer works for Kohler, and would like to provide his own toilets. No problem. Right. This no, guy's bitching. No problem, bro. Right? And it's like, dude. Are they like, there? Let's I can install them. I commented on it, and I'm like, dude, don't act like if you worked for a, a, a product company, you wouldn't yeah. put in your own product. Like, like, you're literally searching for things to complain. Like, yeah. the guy's not going to buy your American Standard toilet when he works for Kohler. Like yeah. get, get over your, it's p- impossible. And if you don't want to do it, guess what? He's going to find somebody else. Yeah. There's a line of plumbers that yeah, will, right? There's 12 that are like, dude, and, I'll install it. And I'm going to be 20 bucks cheaper toilet. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like you're you, people literally, and, and this is really bad in the trades industry. They will piss away work because of the way they quote unquote feel. I'm sorry. I keep doing this on the show. I yeah. don't know why, because the way they feel about stuff, right? Dude, Make your money. Right. You're making a killing. Move on. The problem is they hear a show about this, about recognizing your ideal customer, and they want to carve customers out before they ever even visit their house. They want to say, like, based off of the the fact that he wants to provide his own fixtures, he's not my ideal customer. Bull fucking shitty isn't. He's asking to spend money with your company. Yeah. That's your ideal customer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's insane, man. Right. It's, it, like, uh, I feel like sometimes the conversations we have are just insane, but it's because it's actual stuff that's going on. Well, so like, what's, it's just I'm like, what the fuck? What's funny on this Kohler one, I'm like, you guys act like you wouldn't want to provide your own fixtures if you worked for a manufacturer. Yeah. If you worked for A.O. Smith and you needed a new water heater, you're not putting in a fucking ream. Right? <laughs> or a Bradford you're, White. You're putting in an A.O. Smith. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you're not getting a navy and like, sorry, guys. Yeah. I hate, I don't want that discount for that free water. I and, mean- I said something to the effect of the moment you recognize that winning in this business is doing what the customer wants, 
Yeah. You're going to grow your business. Yeah. Well, guess who liked it and guess who commented on it? I don't know. Roger Wakefield. Oh. Ironically. I don't know who the fuck that is. Well, so. <laughs> and no. Any of the plumbers. That don't know. Either, tell me who it is. Any of the plumbers listening to this show Who's knows Robert? who exactly who it is. Who is it? He is probably the biggest plumbing personality on social media. Bum, bum, bum. He is. He holds more <laughs> licenses than any other plumbing company out there. I mean, he's got too much free time. No, he's just. Is he just really, a plumber? So he he owns a plumbing company. He sold a majority of stake of that plumbing company. And okay. now he's focusing on So he's a real plumber. Oh yeah. Okay, gotcha. He knows. I what thought he he's was doing. like he like worked for like one of these companies. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Google Google Roger Wakefield and you'll I'm not Googling Roger. I will your take your word for it. So um <laughs> I've i ironically I had the pleasure of meeting him. I was at an Apex event, I looked all across the room and there he was. And I'm like, no shit. Like, and you were like, hey, buddy. He's not even in Apex. <laughs> and so I, I just walked out of the Apex meeting and went and chatted with him. And we, sat, we stepped out in the hall and had... Was he nice? Oh, he was totally cool. Cool. And ironically, I had our mini go-kart in the back of the van or back of my truck. And so I'm like, you want to see something cool? Check this out. And I took him outside and he was checking out the go-kart and taking a whole bunch of pictures of it and everything. He so was like, look at this nerd. We, <laughs> we, we might, and he and I might end up doing some collab stuff here in the future. You should. But, it'd be great. Yeah. No, it'd be good for both of us. But... Yeah. But ultimately, um, the reason we told you the whole visor story was because it's a testament to understanding who is your ideal customer and who isn't, but also understanding when somebody doesn't 100% align with your values, you can still provide them amazing service. Yeah, and you can still I work with them. Your ideal customer is not someone that goes to your church also. Right. You know what I mean? They're not someone that has your you know, economic beliefs also right. like your ideal customer is someone that wants to spend money, wants to hire you back and pays their bills on time. That's like, it. I mean, that is really what you want. Exactly. Like you have to, and what I was saying earlier about, um, you know, people coming together with differences, like that's, I don't want to get a whole thing. Like that's the whole civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Just because we're different doesn't mean we can't get along. Right. Doesn't mean that we can't help each other out. You know, there yeah. has been a wedge driven, and I'm not going to say by who, but the like, media is mainly yeah, who it is. Like, but those wedges do not have to incorporate every little aspect of our lives. They don't even have to exist. No, they don't. And so, they, like, just I, like, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to get on like a whole nother topic. But you have got, as a business owner, I want to keep this on business. You have got to learn to put that shit aside and put the needs of the business, right? your employees, everyone that you're in contact with above those things, yeah. even if it pains you to do so. So ironically, as all of this was transpiring and, and falling apart. Kiss my ass too, <laughs> motherfuckers. Well, they don't exist anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> and you know what? It's probably a good, like looking back, like now, where would we we be? Right, right. You know so, what I mean. Like Field Pulse is a great partner. Well, and and so like, that's what that's what I was getting ready to just, say. Is ironically, like we were talking with Visor and Field Pulse at the same time, and when the deal with Visor fell through, it just pointed us to a deal with okay? Field Pulse. Yeah, you right. Got a frog in my throat. You some water? It's right there. Um, so <laughs> because of all of that following falling through with Visor, I I'm a transparent person. I hold nothing back. Right. And so too, as man. we were talking with Field Pulse, 
I'm having very transparent conversations saying, hey, by the way, we were also talking with Visor. And yeah, I remember um, we were talking about it. And and they they took up objection to us every once in a while getting on divisive topics and they didn't like our stance on that and 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 all of this stuff. And I'm just wanting to be transparent because I don't want any friction. Do you guys have a problem with that? And Field Pulse went the other way. Field Pulse well, was then, like, care. you do you on your podcast. You know what is going to be successful for your podcast. Your podcast is successful. We don't want to disrupt that. We want to add to that. Yeah. And so they, like, this is the cool thing with Field Pulse is they don't care. They don't no. care if we love Biden. They don't care if we love Trump. They don't care any of that. As long as we deliver value to trades-based business owners and they can align themselves with that, that's all they care about. And that's the right way to do business. It is the right way to do business. I mean, let's be honest. Like, they're a software company. I guarantee that half of them are super left. I guarantee that the other half are right. Yeah. I but mean, but Field Pulse is based out of Texas, so maybe they're going to be a little bit more right-leaning, but, but still. But they're software engineers. Yeah. Like, like that's just kind of the... The stereotypical the, stance. Yeah. Right. And you know what? They don't let that get in the way of them making money. Exactly. That's the point. Right. The point is, don't let your personal beliefs stand in the way of success. Right. Like or stand if, in the way of you delivering your product to the marketplace. Yeah. Like, like can it's you just, imagine at the grocery store... Can you imagine at the grocery store if they had a sign up that said, we only serve conservatives? And oh, you, yeah. You had just, to, yeah. Like the liberal <laughs> grocery store is down the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, it's like, weird that you picked that example. Well, like, what I'm saying well, is. I'm just, I keep thinking of Whole Foods. I, <laughs> it just makes right. me laugh. <laughs> they, they pretty much do only serve liberals. I know, that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. It just made me, when you said funny. that, I was like, fucking Whole Foods. We all yeah. thought it, yeah. I, I like Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> you go in there and you get like a little bag of two ounces of raisins and it's like $18. Yeah, you're like, how yeah. am I supposed to fucking pay for this? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? I saw a, uh, um, like, I just, uh, what's Blake Lively's husband's name? Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Love me some Dude, Ryan Reynolds. He's I, funny as shit, man. I saw a post from him the other day. I mean, he was I'd like, rather talk to Blake Lively, but you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so I saw so a post hot. from him the other day. He was like, man, the entire state of California is terrified of gluten. He was like, <laughs> he's like, you can rob a bank with a bagel. <laughs> so, that's that's so such, hilarious. That's such good comedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you can I will make a, you eat this bagel, you motherfucker. Yeah, you can rob a bank with a bagel. And it's it's so funny how That's you know, so good, I've, dude. I've got a neighbor that's like Oh, we're clipping new. the mic so hard right now. I've got a I've got a neighbor that's new into a gluten allergy. Like it's it's not just California, but it's just kind of weird how geographically there oh, are know, more dude, people. So in California that want gluten-free than anywhere else. It's because they're scared to death. I know. People I know. are scared to death. Dude. Oh my God, I can't eat bread. Get the fuck over it. Eat Brandon, some bread. Brandon Copeland. He spoke at our last Trade Winds event. Love the guy. Hilarious. He posted yesterday on Facebook. <laughs> He's washing his dog with a shampoo, and he happens to read the back of the shampoo bottle, the dog shampoo bottle. Is that gluten-free? And it says on the back <laughs> of the dog shampoo bottle, it, it clearly says, never tested on animals. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? It's freaking pet shampoo. <laughs> like, so they just made it and they were like, good luck. Yeah. Hope your pet don't die. And, and so Brandon's like, am I literally the beta test here? Am, is my animal the first animal this has been used on? Like, this is crazy. But companies take yeah, all these posturing moves of like, 
Like, I'm surprised the I'm dog sorry. shampoo didn't say non-GMO and gluten-free. It got me, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, companies take all these posturing oh. moves of, like, you know, uh, cage-free, free-range, organic. Like, there's all of these whiteboard yeah, trigger so words. Dumb. You know what the worst like, part is? Like, 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 it's start, mostly just white people. I want to I want to like, start creating parody videos talking about, like, our plumbing is non-GMO. <laughs> or, or we have gluten-free <laughs> That'd plumbers. That'd be good. Right? Gluten-free plumbers. None of them eat bread. Yeah. But no one would believe that when your plumbers walk in there. I know, there. I know. That's, uh, that's a first hard sell. Off, first off. But all, if I say they're all organic, that's a little it, different, it, right? All of Mitch's plumbers, they're listening. I'm sorry. You guys are just big boys. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. No one will believe you don't eat bread. Yeah. Like, it's, just, a, it's not happening. It's, no one's going to believe it. I love you guys. It's not no one's fucking gonna believe that. Yeah, I saw a thing for beef jerky. It says like cows treat humanely, but often verbally <laughs> abused. <laughs> yeah. Or like sometimes verbally abused. Yeah, <laughs> <The> stupid cow, <laughs> <You> stupid idiot. <laughs> All right, so oh my sides hurt, man. You guys are killing me, bro. We've we've probably only got to, unless we want this show to get split into we've, two. We've burned up two. We've burned up an hour. So right this now. is this is ten yeah. minutes back. So Let's we've got two more two. topics to discuss. What do you want to talk about? I got One is the standard. My girlfriends are waiting, but whatever. One is the chickens? standard, and two My is haters. You so, pick, do you want to just go with one? What do you want to talk about? Let's let's do this. Let's talk about haters this episode, and then we'll talk about the standard the first time, the first okay. topic on the you, next episode. Okay, that's fine. You want to talk about haters and how you didn't think they existed? Yeah. So, <laughs> like two years ago? This is a stance. Austin didn't even live here. Or live here, work here. This is a stance I used to have where... Yeah, we had an argument for 30 minutes one time. I used to say haters never existed. And then I yelled and at then, you for like 30 minutes and we talked about it. And yeah. then you still told me. And then like six months later, you're like, Dave, dude, haters exist. Well, I was like, yeah, no shit, that. bud. I've been trying to tell you for six months. At a mild level of popularity, haters really don't exist. Um, <clears throat> at a, at a mild, true. Lever, mild level of popularity... You don't get hate. What it is is you get criticism that your own insecurities turn that into hate, right? Now, once you start gaining traction... Let's, let's start this debate. Let's get it going. <laughs> I like it. Once you start gaining traction, I've learned that haters are absolutely real. Yeah, okay? they just are. People now, are just bitter, man. Now, people do they cause just... damage? No. But no. are they haters? Yeah. No, they don't cause damage. It's just people are bitter yeah. and they want to be on top and they want to be right and they're losers and they have low self-esteem so they take it out on other people. Yeah. That's that's really that's what That's exactly hater what it is. is. That's what a hater is. So I get this message on my Facebook. Okay, let me have Literally it. at three o'clock this afternoon. I'll put my feet up. And it's it says, an you, you have a Facebook me. check. And, and this what do you guy- mean? Whoa, 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 what's a Facebook check? You mean the like blue the, check? the blue check. Okay, right. okay, okay. I'm and, trying and, to get caught up here. And this guy does not type the best, so I- Is it, this guy a friend with you or just random? We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, here we okay. go. So he I, says- I love how I get half the information. You have a Facebook check. Signal you did yourself. Okay. And maybe he's talked to texting. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's and, a dipshit. And so I said, you mean the <laughs> blue check mark? English. I said, you mean the blue check mark? And he says- uh, your ego is out of this world. You type shit like a book and nobody cares to read it. What are you trying to be? The next Joe Rogan? Well, guess what? You can't. What the fuck are you on? Okay. I'm right after Joe Rogan, bitch. And I said, <laughs> like that's what I type. <laughs> I said, LOL. And he goes, let's have it, which basically just means he's literally only texting me to start an argument. Right. Yeah, of course he is. 
And I said, the that's blue- why, that's why I hate fuck. Well, yeah. can we talk about social media all the time? Why I don't, I'm not on it and I hate it. Because like, this is a prime example. Yeah. Cause I want to stab people in the face. So I said, the blue check has absolutely nothing to do with ego and has everything to do with protecting my followers and our business clients through the several businesses that I own from being taken advantage of by fake accounts. And he says, holy shit. I said, it's a very common thing for people to create fake accounts mirroring somebody else's account and then swindle people out of money. So for me, it's worth the peace of mind to spend $15 a month knowing that my clients and my followers will never be taken advantage of by somebody trying to create a fake lookalike account that resembles mine. Makes sense. Okay. I like it. Continue. He said, just like I was saying earlier, you need to humble your ass. How about I come into your house and humble your ass? Yeah. I said, after our podcast following started to get pretty big and then we started our consulting company, it became very apparent that we needed to worry about fake accounts swindling our clients for money. So it's a business decision that protects our clients. It has absolutely nothing to do with ego or clout. Previously, before you could buy a blue check, a blue check meant you were somebody. But now that you can buy one, a blue check means nothing other than that you care about their social media account and its security. Okay. Okay. I like that. That's good. I said, I'm also pretty humble, but the problem with most people is they're afraid Mm. to speak their true opinions on social media. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Because they think about themselves a lot and they're afraid that if they post what they think on social media, it will mean they have an ego. And he said, how much extra shit do you need to make or extracurricular activities do you need to be in? Stop it all. At the bare minimum, humble yourself. Dude, it represents flat out ego. It says me, 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 me. And I said, all right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. I said, people are going to create a story about you no matter what you do. So I encourage everybody to use their own social media to write your own story because it'll be the truth. People are going to create that story either way. So you might as well use your social media so the truth is told. I said, you can think all you want. You can think that all you want. But until you've reached a large, a large, until I've reached a large enough impact on enough people, and until I've reached a level of financial stability that will provide for my family indefinitely, I will choose to run my social media as I wish. But I have no doubt this guy's messaged me before. I said, I have no doubt this is going to turn into the same situation as our last conversation (laughs) where a couple of days from now you apologize because you were either high or drunk during this conversation. 
God, his name's not Brian, is it? Nope. <laughs> I said, you will never see success by barging into somebody's DMs and critiquing their work without ever asking how they're doing. I said, you, you have no clue how our plumbing business is doing or how my personal brand is doing or how our consulting business is doing or our YouTube channel or our podcast. So what makes you think I would ever consider your opinions when you've never once asked how my businesses are doing, right? Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that. That's good. And, and so then he says, dude, I had an Instagram account with over 200,000 followers. I deleted it after a breakup and I didn't know it was irreversible like on, it wasn't, I didn't know it wasn't irreversible like on Facebook. Lesson learned and that did matter. So I'm a dipshit. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I said- <laughs> I said, I only take advice from people that have been where I'm looking to go. I do not take advice from people that have not done what I'm looking to do. So in this case, you don't have 10,000 YouTube subscribers, so I won't take YouTube advice from you. You don't have hundreds of thousands of plays on a podcast, so I will not take podcast advice from you. You have never run a home service company, so I will never take home service business advice from you. You have never run a consulting agency, so I will never take consulting business advice from you. And he then he says, you're typing faster than I can read. Hang on. Yeah, it's because you're a dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you're a complete <laughs> fucking dipshit. I said, I said, having a large following <laughs> means absolutely nothing. Having an engaged following means absolutely everything. I said, I could easily have over 100,000 followers in, in Facebook subscribers and friends. However, I am very particular about who I accept as a Facebook follower. I do not accept anybody. Yeah. They, there's a certain criteria they have to meet. Right. Right. Um, I said 200,000 followers doesn't mean squat unless you can find a way to monetize that. Without monetizing 200,000 followers, it means that you're in it for the clout and it's a giant waste of time. You're only in it for the attention. To me, that's a giant waste and you'll never see me push for a large following, but rather an engaged following instead. Yeah. And it's, and not even monetization, just as like if you, like if you had that many followers, but were actually making a difference in the real right. world, like like that would be a reason. Right. Like e even if you're not making money, but you're making a difference and feel like you're bettering society, like that would be the only other reason. Well, right? the, the example of that is like the girl who shakes their ass on Instagram and they have 200,000 followers. Yeah, who cares? They're dudes that are watching you shake your ass. They're not spending yeah. money with you. Yeah, You're mostly, not bettering their lives. They're not bettering your lives. Yeah, mostly, and the moment you stop shaking well, your ass. She, I mean, she might be bettering their lives. They're fat in their mom's basement. <laughs> I mean, give them a little bit of joy. I mean, come on. They got so, nothing else to do. So then he, he, he tries to reiterate, I, mean, do I don't do? have a large following. And, and that's by design. Right? You're going to tell me who this is or what? I, I will at the end. You're fucking wearing me out, bro. So he says, all right, let me ask you a question and you respond to that question. He goes, are you on steroids or something? Fuck yeah, bitch. And I'm like, no, I'm not on steroids. I right? wish I was on steroids. God, you know how hard it is to work out when you're 42. And so <laughs> it's so hard. And, and he says, it's too much and it's too in your face. You post too much. Your details are too much. I know you're proud and you should be. However, there's more said about being a quiet and humble man. Did you tell him, 
don't follow me then? Yeah. Why would you f- stop reading my posts? I, I said, you loser. Until you're willing to invest yourself mm-hmm. enough into my life to learn why I do what I do on social media, you will forever be confused about it because you never understand it. You're welcome to think whatever you want, but it works for me. And I understand that your family doesn't like social media. I totally get that. However, I happen to find it very beneficial. God, is this your father-in-law? It's my brother-in-law. Okay. (laughs) Which one? Oh, okay. I got you. And so then he says, I have a large following. It's just in Hollywood, New York City, Paris, and Tokyo. Tell him to fuck off. I've never once advertised my following, which I never either. And he says, dude, be humble. I keep my stuff underground. I don't want to deal with all that other shit. So my advice to you is be humble. It's not Lucas, is it? No. Okay. No, brother-in-law. Uh, that, I Lucas, guess Lucas is my brother. Yeah, Lucas no, is your brother. No, it's not Lucas. I love Lucas. God. And so I said, I didn't think if, if like if this was his, I'd be like, dude, Luke, what are you doing, bro? I said, this is me ignoring your advice. And he goes, that's just great. And I said, until you're earning over $1 million a year in annual revenue from your social media activity alone, I don't need your recommendations. Or give a fuck. Right. <laughs> and, and he says, your social media activity amounts to $1 million. Okay, now I'm interested. He says, $1 million a year in your pocket? And and I I'd stopped responding and he just kept responding back and forth. That's not how it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and he says, all that to make one million dollars, you're selling yourself out for money on social media. Yeah, that's why they call it a sellout, bitch. And that's why I'm rolling on my yacht. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> he so says, I got a Ferrari, bitch. <laughs> he says, I'm being very polite and you're being incorrect. I want to resolve this in a way so that you can understand it without me getting pissed off. Well, I don't care if you get pissed off or not. Yeah, fuck you. So now we're getting into Dave territory. So apparently I like, I like this. <laughs> he's either passed out or drunk at this point. I'm not sure. But uh, did he just like, like a bunch of T's and I's and E's? No, the last <laughs> the last message I sent was resolve what you don't like how I run my social media. But that's for you to de- that's not for you to decide. Yeah. I said, I will continue to do my social media for how it best works for me. You will continue to think I'm self-absorbed and not humble. It is what it is. Yeah. Fuck right? off. Stop so, calling me. <laughs> that that's why I don't have any friends. That message is from my brother-in-law. Who he is, is he is kind of the a complete douche. Yeah, he's he's kind of the estranged uh, brother. He struggles with some addiction issues. He struggles with some other things. Welcome to the group. And fuck off. He sent me messages like that in the past. Doesn't mean you have to be an ass about it, right? Where he's like badgering my. So that whole family he just gets drunk and then is yeah. He's on his phone. That's, well, that's what that is. Well, and that whole family hates social media. I hope he listens. But to what's podcast. funny is they're so absorbed in social media. They'll scroll social media endlessly. Mm, yeah. But they think anybody who posts on social media frequently is self-absorbed. And they don't realize that, that that's they're how self-absorbed by commenting on that stuff and getting into arguments. That's right. self-absorbed. Right. And so they've developed this entire opinion about me based off of only my social media activity and nothing else. They've never once asked how we're doing in business. They've never once asked, you know, how are things going in the family or anything? They literally formulate all opinions of me based off of what they see on social media, which is, which is silly to do anyway. It's right? Dumb. Right. Like, I mean, just next time, be like, "Hey, do you know Tradewinds paid for our ski trip? Fuck off!" Right? Like, you know what I mean? Just well, and, it's so dumb, man. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not it's, trying. You know what? To, it's probably like 
I'm going to let you go here, but like a lot of this probably jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it is, man, I wish I was doing that. Yeah, it absolutely. And, is. It, and then people, people lash out when they're insecure. Right. Like that's probably what a lot of it is. Right. Well, like I'm not trying to humble brag when I say my social media activity has resulted in over a million dollars a year in annual revenue. It's the fucking truth. Like I've, I've literally been asked to speak on stages for how I grew my business using only social media to over a million dollars a year in revenue. Yeah. It's the freest way to advertise your business. Well, and that's what and we it, talk about in trade wins. Right. Like this is what you guys need to be doing. Right. Like, it's like, free advertising. We literally have trade wins <laughs> lessons for teaching how social media functions, how it works. And once you learn how it works, you can use it to your advantage. We literally have lessons in trade wins for how I grew my plumbing business to over a million a year in revenue without spending more than yeah. like a thousand dollars a month in advertising. Yeah. Right. And that's what drives me crazy. The guys that are like, well, I want to spend money on this and this and this. And you're, you ask them like, Hey, Okay, so what are we doing on social media? What calls are you getting from that? Are you tracking them? What's going on? Well, right. It's almost like they're embarrassed to do it. Stop. Right. Some it, some guys are making money. Some guys are so afraid of social media that they would rather spend ten thousand dollars a month in advertising, yeah, rather than just running their social there. media it's in a an, certain way. It's an insecurity thing. I it, think. I think some of it is just like a a myth you growing up where it's like, okay, if I own a business, I got to have the highway sign. I got a door knock. I got to do this. Oh, that's a hundred percent true. They don't realize. I think some of it is just that realizing I've been told this, just like you have all those other kind of lies growing up of like, if you turn on the light in the car, a cop's going to pull us over or something like that. No, (laughs) it's a lot of it just has to come down to, they've been told for so long by people that they trust that social media is bad Mm -hmm. and you need to avoid it. Right. However, it's obvious. That, so this guy's actually a supporter and you want to know why he's a supporter because he follows everything I post. He sees everything I post. He's a hater and he's sending out messages about it. Haters, right? Haters don't realize they're helping you Exactly. <laughs> a lot of the time. He's a hater. So I've had, <laughs> I had a, another hater. What a douche. I had another hater. So, so we sell a price book in trade wins. We sell it to the public. You don't have to be a trade wins member to buy it. It's a badass plumbing price book. And yeah, it is. Most price books sell for five to $10,000. Our price book is 250 bucks flat fee. You own it. Yeah. When, when we decided to put edit, this price book out, we decided to disrupt the market. Yeah. Edit it. Do whatever you want. Here it is. Yep. Good luck. You own Have it. Have fun. You right. want us to help you? We'll help you. Right. Well, Mitch helps people install all the time for free, which drives me fucking insane. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to make money. Mitch yeah. is trying to we, help people. We even give you tutorial videos for how to upload it into your CRM. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, <sighs> there is a guy out there. I'm trying to pay my who, house off. This motherfucker's giving shit away for free. <laughs> he's This guy is so jealous that we have this price book that we sell that every time I comment on any post about, hey, check out the Tradewinds price book, this guy comes oh, yeah, in, oh, here he is trying to sell trying to sell price book, trying to make money off Facebook people and blah, blah, blah. And this guy's just a, a hater, right? For cheap as shit, by right. the way. <laughs> so what's funny is- I mean, shit. That dude- I'm that guy about you right now. Yeah. I, I, like, I'm mad you're selling it for that cheap. So, so <laughs> that guy, so mad. that guy tags me in a post. Somebody was asking questions. Hey, who do you guys use for a price book? I'm looking for help. My hater tags me 
and says, oh, here comes Mitch Schmedley. He tags me in it and says, here he comes. He's going to sell his price book and try to make a couple more bucks off of Facebook people. Did you just, did you just thank him? Thanks, buddy. So what's funny... <laughs> Thanks I would for tagging have, me. I would have <laughs> never seen that post unless he yeah, tagged me. What a douche. So now I share. I should say douche. Idiot. I, I share better. the long description about all the features of our price book and everything else. I think we sold like four. We sold four price books four, that day. It was four. And Ryan. it was all because the hater was trying to make fun of us. Yeah. Those price books sell for 250 bucks a piece. Yeah. Insane value. We brought in $1,000 because of a hater. Yeah. Right? Idiot. So <laughs> haters actually help you. I text him and say, hey, you, we, sold, we sold like five books today. He's like, what? He's like, yeah. dude. He immediately was like, oh, yeah. I know I was, I was in this post and this guy said something and I said it. Yeah. And it was literally like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, I would have boom, never boom. seen the post sold until they tagged me. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And we're not. We, it's funny. Like, like, I don't. I don't want to give away our secrets or anything, but like I'm a hundred percent transparent with the guys in trade wins. I try to be a hundred percent transparent on here. We don't sell the trades book or the price book to like make money. We sell it to show value so that people sign up for trade wins yeah. so that we can grow the group. Yeah. Like it's not about the money that we make from the book. Like if we had paid someone to build that book for us, like we'd still be in the hole. Oh yeah. Like a hundred percent would be in the hole. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the value of helping people. It's really the same thing as, as the podcast when we started it. Right. Like, hey, we just want to help people out. Right. Hey, we can sell this super cheap and help people out. And if they don't get in the group, who cares? Right. Like they're going to make tons of money. Right. Get and after it, guys. This, Fuck. This is the exact price book I use to grow my business makes, to over a million dollars a year. It makes me laugh, man. Right. People so, are such idiots. And, and I, I mean, we've sold hundreds of these books and not we, really we've sold like 120 yeah yeah over 100 okay i'll so give you over 100 we've sold over 100 of these books and um not one single customer has given us feedback that they didn't like it the only feedback i get is hey i deleted it or i don't see it and hey i say hey it's in your spam it's folder in your spam. and they say that they say well i deleted it and i say i'll send you another copy right like that's the that's the extent of issues when, that we have when david and i decided that's to it. to Basically, and I don't even mind it. It's, yeah, I've when David and I shit. basically decided to sell my price book, it was let's disrupt the market and let's show the value that can be had within trade wins. So we're going to sell a price book that should be valued at five to ten thousand dollars. We're going to sell it for two hundred and fifty bucks. And a lot of those five to ten thousand dollar price books, you never own them. You're paying like a lease payment, or they'll charge you a couple hundred bucks a month as a lease payment. Well, ours, yeah, it's expensive. Shit. 250 flat fee, you own it, and it's done, right? And we're coming out with an HVAC price book very, very soon. Did you get my email today? I did. Okay. I did. That's all we so need. So we're, we're, we're within a few weeks of rolling out an HVAC price book that operates the well, exact same way. And let's be 100% transparent. It's my fault, 100%. Well, I just I'm, I'm working like three jobs. Yeah, I it mean, took a just, while to build I got it. I got so much shit going on. But doing great, Dave. But ultimately, thanks, Austin. I appreciate that. Fuck you, Mitch. But but ultimately, <laughs> what I'm getting at with all of this is <clears throat> nobody has your vision. Nobody has your level of commitment to your business. And so, if they don't have your vision, if they don't have your passion, if they don't have your level of commitment, that leaves them only one position to be in, and that position is confused. They will only be confused about what you're doing. Well, not just confused, but jealous. And and people, when people are jealous, they lash out. Yeah. Because they want to be where you're at. And if they lack understanding, they will assume foul play every time. 
If they don't understand how you got to the level that you're at, they will assume you got there through methods of foul play. Yeah. Because they physically can't comprehend the above the board way that you got there, right? Yeah. And, and it, so yeah. that's the interesting thing with this side of my family is they've never ever once asked how our business is doing. Yeah. All they ever see is what I post on social media and then they make assumptions from there. And then so yeah. now so now they're making assumptions off of their own insecurities and what I post on social media and and from there they draw these crazy conclusions. Well, right? and they, it, this is the same thing as people don't people don't understand the amount of work that anyone has put in to get where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't they don't ask you like, "Hey, what do you and Dave do during the week?" Like, "Well, I'm pretty sure we both get up at 5:30 and I'm pretty sure we work all day and then I'm pretty sure 3 3 weeks a month we're on calls from 5, 6 and 7 o'clock at night on Mondays." We podcast on Tuesdays. Wednesday, we get one night off. Right. Thursday, we both Back get up at 530 again. and work all day and then are on calls at night. Yep. And then on Friday, we wake up at 530 and work, but no calls. You know, and then no one realizes that, you know, my wife works Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Right. So Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday and Sunday and Sunday night, uh, like it's just me and my kid. And then I start over. There's no, there's no break there. Right. Literally I, all I do is work, I either work or, and I don't want to say babysit because I love the time I get with her. Like it's yeah. just, it's just me and her. It's great. Yeah. But that, but that takes time and I can't work because of that. Right. Like literally I'm working 80 hours a week between regular work and this, not to mention anything else I have to do. Right. Like, and people don't understand the amount of discipline it takes to do that for two years for no fucking money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally for no fucking money. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. For one year, it was just the podcast. The second year, we barely paid ourselves for trade wins. Like literally, yeah. it's it's an insane amount of time, energy, and effort to grow something to get to that point. It's the same thing as when you see a big heating and cooling. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. or plumbing company or electric, electrical Seemingly company. Seemingly overnight yeah. success. Oh shit, look at all these billboards. These guys just popped up and they're awesome. Yeah, they no. must have gotten cash infused from a private equity company. Yeah, you didn't miss the first five years of that guy not seeing his kids grow up. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. And if if you're that type of person, sorry, fuck off. Right. Like, you don't know what it took. You know, and I never... I never really understood because I didn't hear, like all I knew was kind of like my own story. Right. But like the story from the trade winds guys, like I hear it from them. Like, dude, I worked till nine o'clock last night. Yeah. You know, Oh man, I worked till 10 last night. Like like how many, like how many times they're like, dude, this is night four in a row. They're on their coaching calls in the cab of their truck between service calls at 8 PM. Yeah. Yeah. Like they still have more calls to run after that. Yeah. And you know what they're doing? They're hustling. Yeah. They are fucking getting after it. And yep. they are literally creating something that no one else will have. Right. By their self-discipline, by their just willpower. Yeah. I mean, I mean let's be honest. It's willpower. I'm going to make this happen. I, like this summer, this spring, I will buy a wake surfing boat. I will be on it. Yeah. <laughs> and to people Me and Austin are to, gonna wake, sir. I'm gonna get to, some drone shots of that. F and A, buddy. To people that have never concerned themselves with how my business is doing, 
They can't be on the boat. They're going to look at that and say, like, must be nice. Yeah, right? it is, bitch. And it is because I worked for it. They don't realize that my wife has to come in here at 8 p.m. and ask me to get off of our coaching calls because yeah. I've already overextended yeah. our commitment. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, they, dude, how many times has Janine brought dinner in? Right. When we're on our, it's like, she'll just come in, she'll text me, do you want something to eat? Yeah. Because literally, I haven't eaten since 11 o'clock and it's nine. Right. Or and, so, and she's like, you've got to eat something. So the, the moral of the story here with haters is they don't care to invest themselves enough to learn about all of the risks you're taking and to learn about how much effort and energy and work you're putting into your company. They only want to take judgment on the success that you're seeing. Yeah, right? because they're jealous. They're jealous or they just don't understand what it takes to achieve that level of success. Yeah, right? because they just don't have it in them. And so when you encounter somebody that is giving you that opposition, it helps you over like like this never infuriated me, right? No, I can, you're you're calm and collected and I can, a crazy. I can person. calm and collect I'm driving to their house and like stabbing yeah. them in the face. <laughs> I can calmly and collectively reply to him. I can't. Because I know in my head, the, the guy's never once asked how I'm doing with my business. Yeah, it's not a The only soul. time he's ever brought up me at all, he's questioning my social media behavior. And so he's, he's done this one other time before. And, um, and then he, he messaged a couple days later and apologized because he was too high to be texting. Yeah, you send him my phone number next time. Yeah. I'll fucking call him. I'll but, talk to him. But ultimately, Dave hit the nail on the head earlier. When you're dealing with a hater, what you're dealing with is an extremely insecure person that can't see a path to where you're at, and so it's easier for them to try to tear you down than it is to focus on their own personal development and get to your level. Yeah, and the real like, and we're gonna put a bow on it, or Mitch is gonna put a bow on it, but. Like the real lesson is don't let those people influence you or drag you down. Mm -hmm. Like that's use that shit as fuel if you right. need to, because I mean, let's be 100% honest. When you get to a level where you're starting to do really, really well, like your friends drop off. Yeah. You just don't have the friends that you used to have. You just don't. Yeah. And it's not that it's not that you don't care about them, but you just, let's be honest. You don't have time for them. You're on another level. Okay, right. you there's, and I want to say this without being a dick. It's hard. Like you're just you're better than they are. Right. It just is. It just is what it is. And it's just we're gonna we're gonna summarize this with this. It's hard, man. It's so hard. Like I, I want to love everybody, but it's like I want to just drives me crazy. So so for those that follow me on Facebook, you'll see that I do some longer form posts from time to time. I do not, and, but go ahead. And the main reason, yeah, <laughs> the, the main reason why is because sometimes you can't write a really good Facebook post in 17 words. Like sometimes nah. you need to actually flesh out a topic. That's right? probably why I don't post as much because mine would be paragraphs. Well, and, and that's why podcasts work so well is because it gives you time to have a great discussion yeah. instead of yeah, eight yeah, minutes yeah. before we break to commercial on a news site. Bum, right. Bum, bum. And so <laughs> here's, here's what I retain from this entire thing. Give it to me. You're trying to be Joe Rogan, but you can't. What the fuck are you on? Right now? This is a guy who doesn't have a podcast. Who's judging 
you and I, I'd love to be. Who have Joe, put I'd out, love to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> who have put out over 120 episodes that are all one hour long, at least. So at least, at least an hour, at least. Like, why the fuck would I ever concern myself with what this guy thinks? Yeah, when he's not ever put out a single podcast episode, and he's trying to judge us who have hundreds of hours of content out there. Well, and the, what I was saying earlier, the lesson is don't let those fuckers manipulate you. Right. Don't let them ch- change your train of thought. Don't they let them. They don't have your vision. Yeah. Don't let them change your dream of where your business is going to go. Right. Because when you become successful, like I shouldn't say that I'm probably the same amount of successful as I was two years ago. Right. Right. Like it's just in another Avenue. But that doesn't mean that people aren't going to be after you. Right. You well, know what I mean? Ultimately, like, like where you see this, like this, this actually comes from family more than anyone else. Strangers don't message you out of the blue and have those kinds of conversations no, with they you. Don't. They it's going to come from your in-laws. It's going to come from your siblings. It's going to come from your parents. I wish we could remember what episode that we talk about in the first nine that we talk about that in depth. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But but it'll actually come from the people closest to you. And they'll say things like, you've changed. Well, yeah, we're supposed to change. Yeah, like, I'm imagine, trying to be better. Yeah, imagine thinking the same way I did last year. Yeah, like, Why don't you try to cheer me on instead of like make me doubt myself? Right. And so... Why don't you say, go get them, dude? So You're the, changed. You're different. You're better. The cliche saying is... Is, what the F? You know, the people that weren't there for you when you needed the support don't deserve to celebrate with you when you see the success. And like, that's when a, I buy... That's really good. Yeah, when that's I buy really the wake good. surfing boat, guess who's not invited? This fucking guy. You know who right? is invited? I might even name the boat Dave's Joe gone. fucking Rogan and send <laughs> I, him a picture of it. I thought you were going to name a trade once. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm going to name the boat trade nice. first, hey, first trip, I get to go. We'll take everybody. It's the boat I'm one is going to seat at least 14 people. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be out there with the drone, getting lots of sweet shots. You're going to be on the wake surfboard, yeah. busting your ass, and yeah. we're going to get sweet dude, shots Layla, of that. Dude, Layla would love it. Are you kidding me? We're going to have oh fun. Oh, my God. We're going to have fun. Let's get it, man. So, hey, you get your get first trade wins check the 31st. So we'll there we see. go. It's only like I a finally th- get my first <laughs> paycheck it's for only, trade wins. It's a thousand dollars. It's only it? been a year, and I get a thousand dollar paycheck. You know what we call that? A joke. Yeah. Like, have you seen that video with this kid? No money. This dad, his son comes in from They're just making me pay you. Getting it, getting his first check, and you see him. The dad's watching the son. He opens it up, and you see the son. Like he's like really excited. He looks Who the at fuck it. is Fika? Yeah, and then. <laughs> Exactly. And then, and then he looks and he, he's like, son, he's like, hey, isn't that what you're expecting? He's, no. Like, Where did all the money go? Taxes. <laughs> Government, bitch. Who the fuck is this FICA bitch? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not paying FICA. Social security. What the fuck's that? Well, it'll be gone soon. Don't worry yeah. about it. So uh, that's that, another topic for another day. Wrap us up, Mitch. That, that wraps us up for this show. Like if this show half, brought man. you value, if you <laughs> if you laughed. thought about things in a different light because of this show, um, I know for a fact we dropped some serious value on this show. So do us a favor and help share this podcast with people that need to hear it. You're all on Facebook groups. You're all on Instagram. You're all seeing people needing this type of advice at podcast, the void tag us in those questions and responses. 
uh, tag me, follow me personally on Facebook. That's fine. Dave, Dave is not as prevalent on Facebook. You can as follow I am. me, but you're not going to get in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> feel free to follow me on Facebook, tag me in those posts, tag the void in those posts. Like literally the whole reason we do this is to deliver insane value. So, um, here we are with like probably 150 hours of absolutely free content, from this podcast boom that that can totally change the trajectory of your business so okay man all you have to do is help share it that's it so until next week guys we will see you later love you guys